Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined, as always, by the namesake of the show, Don Pizzette. Don, how are you today? I am doing great. Uh, you know, I always say that I'm pumped up about the show, but today I extra am because we have a lot of great news from just about every vendor out there, and we have an amazing guest that uh, I'll let you introduce in a moment, so it's going to be a great one. Yeah, and unfortunately, we also have Daniel Lowry today. Daniel, is your uh, headset <laughs> plugged in? Uh, it is plugged in. It's going to be just like that knife. Wow! Plug it right in. into my back. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, blue Jeep. Oh, you got a new Jeep, right? I got to stop yeah, stalking that blue it's Jeep red. guy. It's red. It's <laughs> red. Go slash those tires. Yeah. Tires. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna okay. do. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be red with the flames. Yeah. All right, and we are joined as well by John Hammond, internet celebrity. Is, I don't know. Is that the best way to introduce you, John? Hey, that's perfect. I'm flattered. <laughs> well, I mean, it says on the screen, senior cybersecurity researcher, but I prefer fitness. I don't know. Celebrity. They keep saying that. They keep saying like that senior thing, but that's not it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Social media influencer and, uh, and model John Hammond is joining us uh, from the internet. Uh, I, guess I could just say, and we are excited about that because master of the custodial arts. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we've done, we've done a lot of videos now with John and, and, uh, and had a good relationship, and I know Daniel especially has done a lot of the uh, security, cybersecurity stuff uh, with John, so it is great to have you, and we are going to have some fun. As Don said, we've got a, a fun game lined up in just a second, but first, uh, I think we should go ahead and get to know John a little bit better in our first segment, Rapid Fire Question. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, John, well, you know, uh, Peter mentioned that we've done a number of uh, video productions with you, but for me, this is the first time being on air with you. So the rapid fire question is a chance for us to learn a little bit more about you by making you uncomfortable and throwing questions at you very rapidly. Uh, as we do that, you'll see a timer appear on your screen. You'll have approximately one minute to answer each question. If you take too long, you'll get buzzed like that. And then we'll move on to the next question. Uh, we will rotate around with each of us. The first question coming at you from Peter. All right. Well, I mentioned you are a, a YouTuber, so let's uh, just talk about that. When did you decide to start a YouTube channel? I, I actually went back and saw you had videos from like nine or 10 years ago. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I felt like I had learned all my chops. I felt like I had learned everything that I knew kind of just being self-taught and watching videos on YouTube or Googling around on the internet and just trying to learn as much as I could. So I was learning like a hey, Python programming tutorials or just cheeky game development. You know how every kid wants to be a game developer or a hacker in the future. So I thought like, hey, I should try my hand at it. Maybe the best way to learn is to try and teach. They also say, hey, those who can't do teach. So whatever. Uh, I figured, hey, it'd be fun. And it turned to something more. Now, you mentioned teaching, and if there's one thing my mom taught me, it was not to take electrical items near water. But I know in your history, you studied electrical <laughs> engineering at the Coast Guard Academy, which seems like the least likely place to go to learn that. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious, in, uh, in your, your, your background, obviously you do a lot of cybersecurity and, and just you know, sysadmin type stuff now. Did you learn a lot of that back at the Coast Guard Academy? No. <laughs> not at all Next question. Uh, no it's, it's it's funny uh so i knew that hey i want some education but i also want some time in service so i was applying to all the different service academies i would look for like the naval academy or the air force academy west point uh and coast guard said yes so i was like all sure. right i'll take it uh they do not have a computer science degree or a cybersecurity degree or any real means of studying that formally uh so i took electrical engineering as it was kind of the closest i could get but honestly, a lot of, again, the learning was kind of after hours working in kind of a extracurricular cyber team where we would compete in capital flag competitions or just kind of learn a little bit more, but it's not by a faculty member or in any specific instructor. Uh, everything that I learned for my actual undergrad degree, if I dare say it, uh, was all signals and systems and processing digital stuff uh, that I use never and not at all <laughs> in my real life. <laughs> Well, John, I know you got that YouTube money coming in like a flood, but uh, <laughs> I know you also have a day job and uh, you're working at Huntress. What exactly are you doing for Huntress right now? 
Yeah, so I work at Huntress as a security researcher. Um, I am in their threat ops or their threat operations department. So I look at malicious footholds or the hacker's backdoor or their implant, how they maintain access on a target and compromised computer system. Uh, we are managed threat detection. So we'll raise awareness. Hey, if we end up seeing any sign of badness, we'll notify and create an incident report for the customer, the partner. Um, that's a lot of fun. It gets into the real technical work that I love and enjoy. But along with that, I'm also kind of tightly knit into their marketing department. So I can do some podcasts or webinars or presentations or blog posts or talk to reporters. So they, they really put me in the spotlight but it's a ton of fun and it's super fulfilling. Man, he said backdoor and implant there in the same <laughs> sentence. If he had said, I knew it was coming. Like, uh, if he had said penetration, uh, I would have just lost it. But uh, <laughs> but I did not because I'm a professional. So uh, I was curious. What you are. Yeah. No. If I say <laughs> professional, I am. what I am. Uh, so you've got a ton of certs under your belt. What What would you say was the the most difficult, the most challenging for you? Ooh, so the most difficult certification for me personally, uh, I try to take on a lot of hands-on or application-based and, and practical certification exams. Uh, but we all know, hey, the ominous offensive security, um, they have a, a ton out that's in the industry that's really well recognized, but their OSWE course and certification was a web exploitation. The complete difference between that and all the other exams is that it's a white box test and that they give you all the source code, they give you the application and you'll have to go review it and audit and look for where's the bug, where is the flaw. And it's trying to find like a needle in a haystack because they give you so much code to look through. So it completely turns it on its head when you're so used to a regular penetration test or just, hey, go hack this thing. They don't hold your hand or they don't give you anything. It's a black box test. This white box text was was new for me, and I was struggling with that for a bit. Now, uh, my final question: This was near and dear to me, but has it has it been difficult for you uh, as a ginger? I know there's more things to overcome uh, getting in into IT, you know, with, without the soul and those kinds of things. Uh, so, I mean, you're you're a hero to many of us, but has, has that journey been harder for you? Absolutely. Uh, the self actualization that I feel is like inherently necessary for me. It's really hard to compete uh, when I've got Ed Sheeran out there who, right. you know, we're like twins. Seth Rogen, people say, I've got the Jurassic Park owner for a namesake. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up you with some that. singer on Google. It's hard to own the internet real estate and I'm just making my way downtown, walking fast. <laughs> That's not Ed Sheeran. <laughs> So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say like you were in love with the shape of me or something. But uh, I will say too, being in the Coast Guard as a ginger has got to be extra difficult. Do they do they have long sleeves? Like they on the, do. Okay. Do you get to wear like a full brimmed hat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I might still have my cover. Yeah, in the back there. <laughs> yeah. Like we got a special uniform for you, son. Yeah. There you go. Why do you look like a twelve-year-old mom <laughs> dressed up to go to the beach? <laughs> all right. Well, now I feel like we all know John a little bit better. And we can go ahead and move on to our next uh, our next event here, which is actually a game. Shall we play a game? All right. So I, I talked to uh, to John. I said, "Hey, what what could we do that's that's fun?" And he told me about this game out there. And I actually found an article about it on Forbes too. After we spoke about it, uh, called "Rapper or Malware," where it's basically. Uh, you go through and, and you try to guess whether or not something is the name of a rapper or the name of malware, and uh, it educates you as you go. So that website, if you just search rapper or malware, I'm sure you will find it. I, th I think it's got a weird domain, but it might also just be, yeah, rapperormalware.com redirects to their uh, subdomain. But it wasn't quite long enough. I think they have nine questions. So I, I added a few more and wanted to make it uh, a little personalized for us because I know, you know, John's obviously played it. Uh, so I, I took a couple of those ones, but made some new ones. So we're going to play rapper or malware now. So I will read them to you. We'll go around the room. And, uh, you know, if you if you're sure, if you're not just guessing, don't say why, you know, yet so you don't give it away to the other guys. But uh, all right, let's get started with our first one here, which is Tiny Banker. Tiny Banker, which is not an Elton John song. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's go with you first, Don. Uh, I'm going to go Malware. Tiny Banker just doesn't sound like a good rapper name. Sure. Well, none of these are good rapper names, <laughs> I should point out, <laughs> oh. as, as I go on the list. But we'll see. Uh, Daniel, what do you got? Uh, Tiny Banker. Tiny I mean, Banker. There's a lot of like banking malware, so I'll go, bank I'll go with Malware. Okay. John? 
I got to go with malware too on this one. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see. Where's where's my 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 boo? You're really effect? running that board like a master. Today. Well, okay. Yeah. Is this is this it? No, that's the goat screen. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> it is malware. Uh, a malware program that targets financial institutions. Uh, works by establishing a man in the middle browser attack and network sniffing. Uh, it has been used against dozens uh, of banking institutions in the U.S., including TD Bank, Chase, HSBC, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and PNC. So a big not one. so tiny. <laughs> not so tiny. That's one of the things was like, all right, this is the perfect opportunity for me to publicly embarrass myself. Yeah. So you get I'm glad I at least got the malware? first one. Man, like, yeah. like 12 people would have been disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better you you better win this. Right now the score is tied at one uh, across the board. So let's get our next one, which is Mega Panzer. Mega Panzer. Mega Panzer. Yeah, I mean, it could be an old German rapper. We don't know. Uh, Daniel, let's start with you. Yeah, no, I'm just like, in my mind, I've got like some old German dude <laughs> like, trying yeah. to rap. Uh, so that's fun. Mega Panzer. Mega Rapper Panzer? Or is it Mega Panzer? Panzer, Panzer. with a Z. Uh, Which is Panther in German, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, Rapper. What the heck? Rapper. I'm I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. I'm gonna go old German rapper. Old German old rapper. German. <laughs> no, old <laughs> ODB. That's right. <laughs> old German rapper. Uh, John, what do you got? So this is where I'm going out on a limb. I I have to think that's malware. All right, and uh, John, you are correct. Mini oh. Panzer, <laughs> Mini Panzer, oh. and Mega Panzer. There's two. Uh, mm. Are two variants of Bundestrojener. Which is German for Federal Trojan Horse. I mean, you gotta be honest though. It should be an old German rapper name. Yeah, I agree. It should Maybe be. It will so. be. Well, I, I think <laughs> a lot of these listening, might... they could totally capitalize right. on that. Yeah, they might. <laughs> these might inspire. To You've already got names. like built-in news, right? You just have to. It was written for ERA IT Solutions, a Swiss federal government contractor, by a software engineer, Ruben Unterreger. Just, Can you imagine the disambiguation page on Wikipedia over there? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> right. Malware or old German rapper. <laughs> all right, John is in the lead now. Uh, all Not right. for long. Not for long. All right, let's uh, move on to our next one. Icy Blue. That's spelled I-C-Y-B-L-U. Icy Blue. Uh, John, let's start with you. That's a rapper. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Daniel. It sounds like something that Shaquille O'Neal would endorse. Yeah. So I'm going to go with rapper. Ice is away the pain. Yeah. Clearly not. <laughs> you know, when I heard Icy Blue, the first thing I thought was like Eternal Blue and all that mm. stuff ah. that came out of the NSA a few years back. Was that spelled with an E or just? I think it had an E. Yeah. Okay. Did. Yeah. Yep. Did. Yep. All right. Um, I guess I, I can see the Icy Hot connection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Shaq's rap name was Diesel. I'll, I'll go. I'll go rapper on this one too. Rapper. Uh, all right, you are all correct. Yay. Warner Brothers had high hopes for her to be the female Vanilla Ice. Oh. Uh, but the rapper-born Laurel Yurchik's lead single, "Pump It," nice and hard, <laughs> did her no favors. Is it, it icy blue? Pump it, all one word. Pump nice. it, and then parenthesis, nice and oh, hard. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> not and hard, and nice and hard. And hard. Yeah. All right. Is that like proper old English or something? No, like, why is my scoring not working? I see blue. Nineties hip hop star. What you doing? Yeah, just like the photos is is fantastic. <laughs> like everybody's looking her up right now. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> next up, yeah, I see blue. Check check her out. Uh, next up is Bad Rabbit. Bad Rabbit. Uh, Don, let's start with you. Uh, I'm gonna go malware with this one. I'm just thinking like maybe this is a Rabbit MQ thing. Could be. Uh, yeah. Daniel. Yeah, feels feels malware to me. Okay. And John. Man, I'm torn. Uh, let's go malware. Dang, I was hoping I would get you guys with the association with Bad Bunny, who is a, a horrible uh, uh, okay, reggaetron so you're musician. Right. You almost got me on that because I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> he, was in the, he, he performed at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Anyway, What's a Super Bowl? It targets the uh, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it followed a similar pattern to WannaCry and Petya by encrypting the user's uh, file tables and then demands a Bitcoin payment. Uh, so so nothing, nothing to do with RabbitMQ, so I just got lucky on that one. <laughs> distributed by a bogus update to Adobe Flash. Huh. huh. All there right. Man, those Adobe Flash updates will get you every time. <laughs> Too easy, <Seriously>. right? <laughs> All right, next up, we have It's Okay to Cry. 
Now that is all one mm. word, no spaces, and it's all caps uh, for whatever <laughs> that does for you. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Uh, John, let's start with you. Oh no, malware. Malware. Okay, uh, Daniel. Oh, I'm gonna go with malware. And Don. Is there a third option? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. good either way. It's just a regular idiom. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go rapper solely because they both went malware. <laughs> well, Don, that is a smart choice. It's okay to cry as a 26 year old rapper from Denver. Where, 20 you know, the, century year old rapper? 26 year old oh, rapper gosh. from Whose Denver. Whose career fizzled out in a matter of months. No, he's currently signed to Cleopatra Records. Uh, having started to release music in 2017, he has released four studio albums. His latest, wow. Posh Boy 2, was released in 2020 to critical acclaim. Wow. Critical acclaim. It's uh, a big deal. Way better than than Icy Blue. Was it like his friends that did like reviews on his no, website? No, man. It says, <laughs> you don't get four studio albums without... That's well, true. You kind of do. Cleopatra, yeah, okay. record, Cleopatra Records actually is his mom's record. Yeah, I'll well, say. His dad owns... <laughs> he uh, got a lot of money or something. And... His real name is Frank Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next one is Ghost Rat. And uh, the uh, O in Ghost is a zero. That helps, uh, Don. Well, if the O is a zero, it has to be malware. Fact. Okay. Good. Good point, Daniel. It's absolutely malware. Malware and John. That is malware. All right, you are all correct. It's Trojan Horse for the Windows platform that operates, or that the operators of GhostNet use to hack into many sensitive computer networks. So. Pro tip: Make sure you enunciate on the word horse, just to get that horse. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Trojan you wouldn't Horse. Like yeah. No, you're right. Ease your way into that one. Trojan horse. Oh, got it. Yeah. No one had thought about it till you went there. Yeah. Well, but, he wasn't okay. getting it, so <laughs> but, uh, rat, I had to lead him to the water. And the the rat portion of it was also a hint uh, because that, of course, stands for we don't know remote What's administration a remote tool. Trojan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, y'all are making yeah, stuff up now. Stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we just had the debate last week about remote access Trojan versus remote, remote administration admin toolkit. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. There you go. It's all about the perspective, Don. Yeah. All right. Next up, Akafool. A-C-A-F-O-O-L. Akafool. Like, you trying to Akafool? Yeah. I believe is how we're going, what we're going for with that one. Uh, Don. Uh, I'll go rapper. Okay. Daniel. Uh, Mal rapper? Is that a option? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rapware. Rapware? Yeah, that'd be great. Rapware? Yeah. Oh, man. What's it called again? Akafool. Akafool. Act a fool. Nah, it sounds rapper to me. I'm going to go rapper. Okay, rapper. And John. Yeah, I'm feeling rapper as well. Uh, you're correct. That's a rapper from Florida with over 400 subscribers to his YouTube channel. <laughs> is that? Are you <laughs> wow. is, is Peter Akafool? It's not me. It's not me. Are you sure? I, I'm signed to Cleopatra, uh, Cleopatra Records. Oh, I have a four gotcha. studio. Gotcha. I better watch out. He's coming up. Yeah, yeah Akafool is. is coming for you. He's the next Pitbull. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to which Adam did a commercial. He's okay. awesome. He did. <laughs> One of his best moments. Uh, all right, next up is Haystack, uh, spelled H-A-Y-S-T-A-K. There's no C. Haystack. Uh, Don. Haystack. Hmm. Haystack. I, mm, that's a tough one. I could see that being like a country band, but not a rapper. You know, doesn't. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Malware on that one. Malware. Okay. It's a country rapper. Uh, John, what do you got? Right. I'm I'm struggling with that one too, but I I do think Malware. Okay. At least and more likely than rapper. Daniel. Uh, I'm going to go rapper. What the heck? Be different. <laughs> uh, so you went rapper. And Daniel, you are correct. Oh, no way. Haystack what? has displayed what? a unique country rap sound. Oh, oh, nailed it. With complimentary Dirty South rap vibe. <laughs> known for such southern rap albums as Portrait of a White Boy, huh. The New South, and my favorite, Crackavelli. Crackavelli. <laughs> This no? artist, hey, that's pretty creative, actually. <laughs> this artist ranked on the list of famous people who were born on March 22nd, 1973. Hmm. That was literally one of the things that inspires. Yeah. Just, so was you, somebody actually famous born yeah, on March no. 22nd? Fame when you can get, no. I don't know. I it just says rank. It doesn't say where he ranked. He's <laughs> just up there somewhere. He just yeah. ranked there. All right, nice work. Uh, next up, we have Sam Sam. Sam Sam. All one word. Uh, let's go, Don. Uh, I think I missed the last couple, so I'll just keep that running and stick with rapper. <laughs> rapper, okay. Uh, Daniel, uh, malware, malware. <laughs> John, uh, rapper. Uh, John says 
rapper, and the two of you are incorrect. Oh. Sam Sam was a is malware uh, was found that? to bypass the process of phishing or illicit downloads in favor of exploiting vulnerabilities on weak servers. Hmm. Malware uses a remote desktop protocol brute force attack to guess weak passwords until one is broken, and was behind a major breach of the infrastructure of Atlanta. How about that? Well, there you go. <laughs> How about that? Catch me outside. Catch me outside. All right, next up is Zeus. Zeus. This is a tough one. Isn't it? Could be both, right? <laughs> really could <laughs> fall under any right. rubric here. Uh, Daniel, then, then let's have you go first. Oh, man. Uh, Zeus is obviously going to be a rapper. Okay, got you. Don? I'm going malware on this one. Malware. As you should. And John? I'd say malware. All right. Uh, Zeus, or Zbot, is a Trojan horse malware package that runs on versions of Microsoft Windows. It can be used to carry out many malicious and criminal attacks, often used to steal banking information with man-in-the-middle attacks. Also, Zeus is a Matswana hip-hop artist. Oh, no way. MC and businessman. Zeus uh, released his debut album, Freshly Baked, in 2008, which included hits Back in the Days and <laughs> Gijima. Uh, okay. That's so, Matswana. For the malware, does it have a date? That's like a really old one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It does not have a date. I think that's an old one. <laughs> I, I feel like I remember that June one. 2nd, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fresh. It's yeah. freshly baked. It was Monday. Yeah, freshly baked, right? Monday, it looks like. All right. Uh, next up, we have Yak Balls, which is spelled uh, Y-A-K-B-A-L-L-Z. That's my rapper name. Yeah. Well, then there you go. You know what it is. Uh, Don, what's your guess? Obviously, it's Don. Uh, um, uh, that one sounds like a cool rapper name. I'm going to go with rapper name. I don't know about cool, but okay. Uh, Daniel? <laughs> what is it again? Yak balls. Yak, as in like a like, a, like the animal. a llama type animal? Yeah, I think no, they're like in that a family. bison. Yak. Is a yak bigger Wildebeest, than that? Like oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yak balls? Yak balls. <laughs> like, I mean, I could see somebody getting up in front of the Black Hat convention, yeah, and or just yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's more, yeah, is it more like a hacker's yeah. name than a? I'm Yak Balls. Here's our new cybersecurity tool called Yak Balls, yeah, as opposed to as opposed to kids yeah. going, "Did you get that new Yak Balls CD?" Yeah, I got that Yak Balls, man. You hear that junk? That's good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, malware, malware. Okay, and John, I'm thinking rapper. All right, Yak Balls is an American independent hip hop artist oh, from Queens, New York. Go. One of the original members of the Weathermen. Uh, since 2019, he's worked for Warner Brothers Records as vice president of their media and strategic development team. So he goes from like reporting <laughs> the weather, and now he's well, a rapper. No, I believe the Weathermen were a, a group of weather people that like no told the weather. Oh, oh man, I got a. They meeting. wrapped the weather. They wrapped the weather. I got a meeting in the morning with Vice President Yak Balls. <laughs> it is going to be tough. Yeah, man. Oh, man. He likes to wrap all his presentations. See, it's if I were him, like, I'd get a doctorate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Yak Balls. Yeah, it's yeah. Doctor Yak Balls to do. you. All right. Uh, next up, we're we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be the longest yeah, episode. How many ever. questions are in this? There's guy. twenty. There's twenty. We're There's thirteen. Seven Ooh. left. Yeah. Well, just you know, be quicker. Uh, JPEG Mafia, uh, all one word, all caps. Uh, let's go, Daniel. Rapper. Okay. Uh, John. Mauer. Okay, and Don. I uh, guess rapper. Yeah. Okay, Don and Daniel, you are correct. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that is uh, a 31-year-old American rapper and producer from Baltimore, Maryland. After promoting his music through online mixtapes throughout the 2010s, his debut album, Black Ben Carson, was released <laughs> in 2016. All right. Is there a... Is there, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll just go yeah, ahead. Let yeah. that go. So it's local to you, John. You're up in, in the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. nearby. We should, we should get a drink. Yeah. Get get, check out a concert from JPEG Mafia. Uh, all right. Next up, Dark Comet. Dark Comet. Done. Uh, that just sounds like malware. I'm not familiar with it. Daniel. I'm going to go malware. Okay, John. That is malware. Do you know that for a fact, or are you guessing? Yes. I am confident. Okay, you're <laughs> correct. Oh it's a remote access Trojan uh, developed by Jean-Pierre Lissieux, known as Dark Coder SC, an independent programmer, computer security coder from France. Uh, he made it back in 08, but he discontinued it partly uh, due to its use in the Syrian civil war to monitor activists. And that's why we eat freedom fries today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is Tum Tum. What? Tum Tum. Tum -tum. <laughs> what is this, the three ninjas? John, what do you got? What the heck? 
Oh, goodness. Rapper? Right. This is where I started to falter. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel? Tum Tum. Tum Tum. Rapper. Next up on stage, Tum Tum. <laughs> that's that's the Marx stripper. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good one, too. Well, welcome Tum Tum to the stage. Stripper or malware. That's next time. Cue the um, white snake. And, uh, <laughs> Don? I, I just can't see malware being named Tum Tum, so yeah, I'll, I'll go <laughs> rapper. Yeah, there's no malware with dumb names. Uh, <laughs> Tum Tum is a rapper from Dallas known for his work with DSR, or the Dirty South Ritus, and his collab with Fat Bastard. Huh? All right. Well, oh. Which I don't know if it's the same fat bastard from. Well, ODB got real heavy at one point, and then <laughs> <laughs> don't call him a bastard. Said, Get yeah. in my belly. Yeah. He started <laughs> apparently consuming children. All right. Next up is Tizzy. T I Z I. Don. T I Z I. T I Z I. Yeah, be a rapper. Too short a name. Okay, Daniel. Yeah, rapper. John. So I'd go malware on this one. And you are correct. It feels good on that Tizzy one, yeah. is a backdoor malware aimed at Android smartphones. Coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the thunder. All right. Wi-Fi's funeral. Wi-Fi's funeral. All one word. Uh, let's go, John. Rapper. <laughs> rapper. <laughs> Daniel. Wi-Fi's funeral. Yeah, rapper. Whatever. Okay, Don. <laughs> I'm there. I'll go malware. Okay, Wi-Fi's Funeral is a 23-year-old rapper from New York. Oh. After dropping out of school, what? In 2016, Wi-Fi's Funeral released his debut album, Blackheart Revenge, which was quickly followed by 2017's When Hell Falls. Okay. Because hell's mm. above. Yeah, apparently he's about that. Like, uh, maybe he shouldn't have dropped out. I don't know if it was Catholic school, but... Yeah, he wasn't really great with prepositions. <laughs> Would have figured that one out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wi-Fi's Funeral. All right, uh, <laughs> almost done here. Uh, Xcode Ghost. Uh, Xcode Ghost, all one word. Don. Malware. Okay. Daniel. Malware. And John. Malware. And you are all correct. It's a modified version of Xcode, Apple's software development environment. First found in China in 2015. It was a modified version of your mom. I think we reported on that one because <laughs> we, you know, yeah. any app you compiled with it was infected. Yep. Uh, oh, and nice. they, but they passed Apple's approval to be uploaded to the App Store because um, the way they were made. <laughs> Apple's so. so stupid. Dummies. <laughs> all right. It, I've got it as 13 for John, 13 for Daniel, and 12 for Don. Wow. So there's neck still, and neck. still a chance Ooh. here. Uh, next up is Doja Cat. D-O-J-A, and then cat, spelled like cat. Uh, Don. Sounds rapper to me. Okay, Daniel. Malware. Okay, and John. Uh, I'm struggling. I'm thinking malware. Okay, and I am sorry to you two, but Forbes named Doja Cat one of the top breakout stars in 2020 and elicit her on her annual 30 Under 30 list. She, Ooh, uh, she's featured in one her. of my favorite she's new songs, Best Friend. Best friend. Yeah, good, good song. Fun right. for the whole family. It's I'm a sure. banger. <laughs> it's a so banger. So now we are tied across the board, right? We are. We are. 13 all. All right, two more. All right, next up is My Doom. My Doom. And let's go with Daniel. I feel malware on that one. Okay, John, what are you thinking? I'm feeling malware as well. Okay, and Don. I'm going to go malware, but it could be a cool rapper name. It would be a cool rapper name, but it is not. My Doom is a well-known worm. It spread by email in 2004 as a message indicating an email delivery error. So no, opening... schools like Tulsa Doom. That's yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. Tulsa Doom. <laughs> All right. Here's the last one. Ransom. 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 Don. Mel Gibson movie. Yes. It is that. Uh, I'll go rapper. Okay, Daniel. It's a tough decision, but feel like rapper is where I should go. Okay, John. So I'd have to say rapper. And you guys are all correct. <laughs> Noah Gale, known by his stage name Ro Ransom, is a rapper from Manhattan, New York. He had a breakthrough hit with his 2016 single "See Me Fall." Little known fact, he um, actually uh, bankrolled that record with ransom money. Yeah. That's all. He stole a bunch of kids. I am really pissed that we're all tied. Mel Gibson came out. 15. That's really disappointing, guys. 15 out of 20. (laughs) Well, hey, you know. Hey, that's not bad right there. 
I was worried. I was like, my professional reputation is on the line. (laughs) I get really competitive. So just for the record, like your professional reputation was on the line the moment you came on this podcast, game or not. You you threw that on the ground and just stomped all over it. (laughs) Michael Flatley came out and did a river dance on it. (laughs) I'm being told. uh, Well, actually, we we want to talk about... uh, First, John, do you? Uh, we're going to keep you on actually for the news and stuff, um, but you know this is the, still the chance for you to plug anything you got going on. So uh, your YouTube channel, what? It's just called like John Hammond or something. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, my my YouTube channel is just my name, John Hammond. Um, I'm still trying to release as often as I can on there. Um, something that I'm really looking forward to that's coming up soon. I guess as a current venture, um, I've tried to record some series on the dark web um and i i'm trying to uh not make it as flashy like fear uncertainty and doubt like doom and gloom kind of thing that you would typically see in any you know (laughs) any other online video about the dark web i wanted to uh show you the real thing um but keep it you know like at a safe distance i figured that might be kind of interesting for the audience to watch uh hey they they don't have to be squeamish it's all through my computer and not theirs so We'll see. I hope that is uh, well-received. It should come out either this week or next. I wanted to just be like a shot of your face w- looking at the things that you're seeing and just your reactions. So, oh, my God. No, you got to buy one of those mystery boxes off the dark road. That's fine. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. What are, what are those? Wow. Did you just buy a box? You don't know what's in it. Oh, that could be a foot. It could be anything. It could be, it's could off be the anything. dark web. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I don't I don't want to tell you how to do your job, <laughs> but if, if you want it to be flashy, I think you need to lay down some rap tracks. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now we're around. <laughs> yeah, I would call personally. Uh, I would either call Tum Tum, or or Haystack, or I bet you know what? I bet Akafool is cheap. Akafool, yeah, yeah. Akafool, Akafool, that's yeah. true. You Akafool can, you can what you start his do career. Is, like make some very simplistic malware and name them all those names that we exactly that we're rapper <laughs> names. Win. So <laughs> there's no way you fail. That's Akafool and I could do a collab. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, so you know you can run to the bathroom or whatever, and then we will come <laughs> back and we will do the news with John Hammond right after this on Technado with Don Bazette. This is Josh. Josh spent $2,500 on a week of classroom training for CompTIA A+, and got certified. Josh got a good job that pays $40,000 per year. This is Jeremy. Jeremy only spent $299 on a full year of training from IT Pro TV, including A+, and 300 other courses. Jeremy also got a great job that pays $40,000 per year. Jeremy used the more than $2,200 he saved on IT training for a fabulous tropical vacation. Now Jeremy is still using his IT Pro TV membership to study for Network Plus and Security Plus to advance his career, but not spending any more money. Since all three are included in his IT Pro TV membership plus 300 more courses. Don't be like Josh. Choose IT Pro TV for your IT training. All right, welcome back to Technado with Dom Bazette and tons of news to get to. Uh, not all bad news uh, this week, which is sometimes nice. We've had a kind of a string of, of major infrastructure hacks and gas shortages and all kinds of things, but it's fun stuff. Now I feel like the gauntlet's been thrown. How can we twist these articles to make them all bad news? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, the, the first one, it, it could potentially, uh, it's bad for us because uh, we screwed <laughs> up. So let's let's go ahead and jump in with our first segment, Deja News. Deja News. All right. So this one is something we talked about last week, and this is on businessinsider.com. Apple is using AirTag's privacy measures and will now alert you more quickly if a strange one is nearby. And so we talked about AirTags last week, and I don't. I think we, we did some more research afterwards, and, and we missed a couple facts. Yep, and, and we've learned quite a bit in just the last week. But uh, you know, one thing that we talked about was how uh, AirPod, or, or AirTags only work to 800 feet, right, because they use Bluetooth 5.0, and that was the range that they got. Uh, what I didn't know at the time was that there's actually an entire Find My network feature that's now rolled out across every iPhone, iPad, and soon uh, Mac OS machines that allows those devices to detect AirTags and report them back. And that means it's not only your phone that finds the tag, it's everybody else's phone in the entire world that finds the tag. So if your luggage gets sent to Germany and somebody at the German airport has an iPhone, it can detect your tag 
and report it back to Apple. Mm. So kind of interesting. That's what expands that range out to where it effectively covers the world because there's so many iPhones that are out there. Really, really kind of pushes that range. So I made fun of it for only being 800 feet. Turns out it actually covers a huge part of the earth. So as long as my when my dog escapes, it goes, you know, to like a Starbucks where tons of MacBooks and, and iPhones are, I'll be able to find my dog. Uh, yes, yeah. apparently so. It might, might not be alive, but you'll be able to find it. And uh, <laughs> Can you put an, an AirTag on your dog? Yeah, we yeah. Talk, that was one of the things yeah. we talked about last week that they make. Uh, I don't know that Apple officially does, but on Etsy and places like that, there's tons of uh, of collar adapters because that's one of the ways people are, are finding to use it was uh, to, to strap it to Fido there. So now hmm. let's bring the nefarious angle in on this one and, and talk about how this can be abused. Right Nothing's now, I didn't even ever think about nice. this, but let's say that you're a stalker. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah. Say. just pretend. Just, just pretend. Like, like right. So maybe I want to. I want to stalk Daniel or something. Right. And so I get Again? an air tag, and while he's not looking, I drop it in his purse. Right. Well, you know, Wait, hold on. Just, <laughs> your backpack, whatever. Okay. Right. It's a satchel. It's a European men's carry-all. That's right. Attaché. Attaché. You stick it in your car. It glue it to the bottom of your car. Right. And so now you go around, you don't know an AirTag is on there, but I can just grab my iPhone and the whole world is now helping me stalk you. Uh, that's a problem. And so Apple's initial plan for addressing that was that every three days, the AirTag emits a beeping sound. Hmm. Well, that means I get to stalk you for like three days, I right? Yeah. And, I, can, and I can easily window stab of you within that time. Yeah. 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 What if Daniel's not by his purse during yeah. that, the beeping I mean, time? Well, do I ever go anywhere without my purse? Let's be honest. That's true. At a minimum, the acids have broken down the fatty tissue by that point, right? So, so, so Apple's solution is to really ratchet that down. So they've got a new window of time that's much, much shorter. I believe it's between like three and eight hours or eight and 24 hours. It's definitely less than a day. And it's random now. And so randomly, it will emit a beeping sound to so, make... So any air tag. Any air tag. Yep. It, okay, because I so, thought it, there was something with like a lost mode where I could say, oh, oh my phone's or my uh, my purse is missing. Let me put lost mode. Then it will beep more frequently. Right. So it's it, any air tag, but it has to be away from its owner. So oh, okay. once you, you remember the 800 feet, yeah. right. once you get outside of that range, then it will start to beep to help people be aware that it's there to stop hidden air Oh, tags. man. The world's just going to be beeping now, right? Because it's going to lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the Annoyatrons, the things on thinkgeek.com that you could buy that were little beeping devices oh, yeah, you could yeah. stick under a desk? I think one of you, I think your wife stuck one under my desk once. Yeah, that's that reminds me of that. He's not, look, yeah, your I'm not wife kidding. Stuck one under my desk. Yeah, she <laughs> actually did. Yeah. She did, <laughs> and it pissed me off. Yep. So you know, a lot of people are going to stick their AirTag on their luggage. And so the moment they get on the plane, that thing's going to start beeping. So That's it'll be beeping fun. in the carousel. It'll be beeping in the you know the back of the plane. You so. know what TSA loves? Beeping, <laughs> beeping luggage. luggage. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, gentleman uh, with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I found another air tag, sir. <laughs> so so is there an association or like how? I'm naive because I'm not a I'm not an Apple guy. I'll admit, but how would one know whether or not that AirTag is yours or not in that nefarious situation where you have an attacker or a bad guy stalking someone, they put on their air tag and then it would be in the future. Can you not make it supposedly the victim's air tag or how does that work? You know, if that's, I that's something I didn't think about is like, let's say you see a piece of luggage that has an air tag on it. You could swap it out for your own. I know they come in different colors, so as long yeah. as you match the color, visually somebody wouldn't necessarily know that wasn't there. But electronically, it's tied to, to your device, right? Electronically, it is. Yeah. But visually, I see what you're saying. You wouldn't right. necessarily know. And when it beeps, you're just like, "Why is my air tag well, beeping?" And you also bring up a good point. Like, let's say that I discovered that someone dropped an air tag in my purse, right? I'm like, I want to know whose this is. Is there a way for me to like scan it and say, hey, this belongs to Billy, so let me take it to Billy and punch mm. him in the nose? So absolutely not, right? A Apple has insisted on you know protecting user privacy, which means if you find an AirTag, there is allegedly no way that you can figure out who actually owns it, where they're from, or anything about them. That information gets phoned home to Apple. And when they check in, you know, the ID yeah. is hashed like a password. And so their hash matches the one that's on the server. And so they're able to find that tag. Yeah. When they knock on your door. Yeah. That's how you'll know who I it believe is. you have my property. All right. So <laughs> this sounds eerily familiar to something that we also talked about last week. Another Deja News here, uh, which is the Amazon sidewalk situation, which has been getting yep. a lot of hubbub. So what is new on that, Don? 
All right, so Amazon Sidewalk, if you didn't tune in last week, is their new service where all of their external ring devices, like their floodlights and cameras, the doorbells, uh, will now create a small 900 megahertz network around your home that is publicly available to anybody else with Amazon devices like Kindles and so on. Uh, they'll be able to connect to some basic information on it. Uh, one of the things that we discussed last week was that with the ring doorbell, Ring has teamed up with law enforcement across the country and that up until recently, police have been able to access Ring doorbell camera footage without a warrant. That if you've opted into that program that you didn't have to okay it, the police could just access your doorbell footage and that was that. Well, just this week, Amazon has changed their policy on that and now police still have access to your camera without a warrant. Like that's still there, but they have to publicly request it using the Neighbors app. Uh, the Neighbors app, the article talks about the Neighbors app a lot. Uh, it's not actually a separate app. It's just part of the Ring app on your phone. And if you go in there, you go into the Neighbors section, and you can see where people have posted footage, kind of you know neighborhood awareness type stuff. Well, the police request will now show up in there. So at least you'll be aware that police were requesting footage in your area. So if your specific footage was requested, you'll just get a notification that it was requested? Well, everybody and in the neighborhood would see it. The request is publicly displayed. But so they still get it. It's not like you have to go approve it. Right. Yeah. Okay. You just get a thing. Question. Let's just say for reasons unknown, I stick an outside ring thing like a doorbell or whatever, but I put it inside. But it looks like it's close enough to the outside that the police believe that it's outside, right? Because this is the whole mm -hmm. idea that this is outside stuff. You're facing public stuff anyway. But I should point out, Ring does camera. make internal or internal cameras, but you're saying if but you I'm use a, a doorbell. I like, I need a baby monitor real quick. Let me just grab this Ring doorbell and stick yeah. it in the, you know, and the cops yeah. access that stuff. Is there any kind of legalities behind that I, as far as like... You've opted in. Yeah, you would have to go into the but, app and say But no. only be... Right, so I thought the idea was because these devices are outside devices. Mm -hmm. But if they get put inside, have they then violated your privacy... That's what I'm saying. Is there a gray area there? I'm legally. I think you violated the end user license agreement. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that's true. You're maybe that's a, like, do that's not right. put this in your house. You're holding it wrong. Or you, yeah. <laughs> I like that idea though, as a as a baby monitor, because then the baby can just ring the bell yeah. if they need something. Yeah, like, Hello, I need some food yeah. now. <laughs> ding, ding. You want to train those kids early. Yeah, you, to, do. you do. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, uh, so, and just to clarify, when you say, you know, there's access, there's a there's a wireless uh, mesh network kind of created with these devices, mm -hmm. that's only for Amazon type of transactions, right? For uh, downloading a Kindle book or... For right now. Yeah, okay. they're fitness trackers and things like that. And we'll see how that evolves over time. Now, I, I am curious, John, because, you know, you, you work in the cybersecurity industry. You've seen and had access to things that are a little on the nefarious side. Uh, how do you personally feel about some of these services that are, you know, not certainly not something that's being used by super cyber criminals or whatever. So like, are you a, a person who's paranoid about privacy data or do you not worry about it? So, I mean, I think it's a given. I, me, am a walking docs. <laughs> like everyone knows my name. Uh, a lot of, I like my information is certainly out there. Uh, so I'm not too spooked about the whole privacy thing, but I mean, that's just me personally. That's kind of a decision that I've made. Uh, but when it comes to, the ring and these cameras that might be outdoors or indoors, whatever the case may be. Um, I would think if the police were to use some of that footage, it would be kosher and proper to ask the person. Uh, and even if it's through the kind of the network or the neighborhood app so that other people know, that still feels kind of weird to me. Um, I, I'm curious on other folks' opinions, but I would think that uh, at least having people aware at minimum even if it's not asking for permission, that is better than, hey, no information whatsoever. Mm. We've just used your footage. So, Well, Don, you said, though, you can turn this off in the Ring app as well, yeah. right? So you can yeah. opt out of that. You can uh, opt out. Uh, but it's on by default. I have not opted out uh, of the sidewalk feature and stuff, and that's you know for various reasons. But uh, actually, here I'll tell you, uh, I have not opted out of sidewalk, but I have opted out of the AirTag uh, Find My Network. And the reason is not so much a privacy concern. I'm, I'm okay with them using the footage or whatever, as long as like when it goes on TikTok, I get the likes and follows. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay with that. But for me, it was about my battery, right? So I have an iPhone 12 mini. The battery is not the greatest uh, as it is. So I don't want my phone like constantly searching for air tags that I don't give a crap about. Is that Bluetooth? Uh, it is Bluetooth. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, sorry, no good. I was going to ask, does it prompt you or ask you for those things about it being 
as you mentioned, like on by default, do the, does the user still kind of know about that or would they have to have that background knowledge? Oh, I know Apple does this. I've seen these news articles or whatever, or. The user has to know about it. Yeah, I, I gotcha. actually, had, I, I know about it. And I had to Google to find how to disable it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, so but you can turn on like a secondary function of it too, where you'll get notified too if someone has put their thing in lost mode, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because that then it's like, oh, I want to be a good Samaritan and go out and maybe this is a hobby of mine and walk through the park until I find AirTags. But uh, <laughs> that's something that you have to turn on as well. But Daniel, if, if you do ever find uh, an AirTag in your purse that is not yours, just go stand by your ring doorbell. And the police will, will get that footage That's when you're attacked. Yep. Yeah, like how you're thinking there. Yeah, good thing to remember. Smart this man. is what happens when big tech works together. That's right. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> Google doesn't have one of these yet, or do they? And this, I mean, uh, we just don't know about it. Yeah. Well, all yeah. of these to this point <laughs> are things Google. that are baked in that we have to go turn off. I mean, we're talking about do Amazon. I, do we're you talking have about a Apple. Phone? <laughs> That's true. They've got one. <laughs> yeah, Google's like, oh, we don't need that. We already, we already got that. We've yeah. been using your Wi-Fi for for years. Don't be evil. Way easier. A ways, yeah. You almost ways. said ways. Yeah. Ways oh, is where they ways. know where I am right. at all times. All right. Uh, our next article comes from Therat.com. Microsoft renames virtual uh, Windows Virtual Desktop to Azure Virtual Desktop. Uh, I'm not a huge fan because it still has VD in the, uh, uh, the artist formerly known as Windows Virtual Desktop. <laughs> but th this makes sense because they've they've been. I mean, the integration is so tight there with like Azure Monitor and things like that to to monitor the Windows. Yep, so we are on the verge of some really big announcements coming out from Microsoft. So, you know, towards the end of summer is when they do their big stuff. There's rumors of a Windows 11 and all these other things, or Windows 12, or who knows what they're going to. There's all sorts of rumors right now, but one thing they have confirmed is that they are making some big changes in the virtual desktop environment. So WVD, the Windows Virtual Desktop, is now being renamed the Azure Virtual Des Desktop. And it's not just a name change. They're rolling out a number of really cool features. Like when you spin up an AVD, it can automatically be joined to your Azure Active Directory. So you have that, that membership in there. Uh, it can automatically be joined to be managed in Intune. So now it's not just spinning up a desktop environment really quick. It's spinning up a fully managed desktop environment that your IT department will have full visibility into as far as keeping it up to date, doing backups, you log in, you're authenticated, so you have access to your apps. So now it becomes a super fast, rapid deployment type desktop, which is really cool. And as we start to see more and more of these ARM laptops come out that are kind of limited as far as running companies' line of business software, it's nice to be able to see that they'll just be able to spin up an AVD real quick and get up their line of business apps and so on. So it's pretty cool stuff. Would have been really nice at the beginning of the pandemic you know, you have all these people working from home. All right, we'll just throw an AVD at each of them and off they go. Uh, but better late than never, right? It'll be ready for the next one. So, so Microsoft. John, you <laughs> mentioned you're not an Apple guy. Are are you Windows or are you pri primarily in Linux? Uh, a, a little bit of both. I dabble in both. Uh, Linux a little bit more than Windows. But I mean, on the news of this, uh, I think that this feature set is awesome. And kind of this sounds incredible. Everything to, to your point, Don, is it like these are things that would have been great even earlier, <laughs> uh, but just everything that it could package could be fantastic. Uh, the headline for this article and what news broke from this still makes me kind of scratch my head just because <laughs> it, it, it comes across as another Microsoft just renaming, rebranding, redefining something that's already existed. Uh, but it, because it comes with these feature sets, because it comes with these new perks and benefits, I love that. But at the same time, I was like, Stop renaming everything all the time. Yeah, <laughs> makes it great for people trying to do certifications. Right. <laughs> Microsoft and Google are the worst. They oh, constantly yeah. rename things. I say we hit them with a stick. <laughs> That'll work. They're I call my car so. a stick. <laughs> uh, John, do you have a a uh, cloud provider of choice? Are you an Azure guy? Uh, so truthfully. Oh, John. I don't know. Was that Don or John? Don, we know you're an AWS man. <laughs> Uh, so this might just be kind of a, a tangent, um, but I do like to host a lot of my own, like capture the flag uh, in training environments and training exercises and, and games and competitions. Uh, traditionally, we host that within Google Cloud Platform, uh, using Terraform to set things up and getting Kubernetes clusters and containers is is awesome. Um, I've I've only used Azure once in the sense of Azure Labs to kind of set up a hacking demonstration class um, with Windows. Uh, the hypervisor in, in Hyper-V and having a Windows target and a Kali Linux VM. So uh, I guess I lean naturally towards Google Cloud Platform, but I really like what Azure is doing in the sense that, okay, if you can totally spin up Windows on demand, 
that's awesome even if it kind of moves at the pace of Azure. <laughs> that makes sense for Capture the Flag because if you're trying to yeah. hide things, Google Cloud is a great place uh, to do that. That's the number three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's shift gears now to CNET.com for our next article. Mac OS Monterey unveiled at WWDC. Here's what we know so far. So uh, is, this, is this a big change or is this just enhanced dark mode? Uh, you know, I, I don't think they've changed dark mode this time, which is surprising. Uh, but a couple of big announcements have come out of WWDC, which is nice because their last hardware event really wasn't all that shocking, right? They announced some new iMacs and M1 iPads were kind of the big deal. This is all software. And one of the big announcements is that the next version of macOS is coming out. Uh, instead of doing 15 iterations, like you know, went from macOS 10.0 all the way up to 10.15 uh, before they finally went to 11, this time they are going to 12 right afterwards, oh. so that's interesting. Uh, and feature-wise, they're rolling out some, some interesting things. It's funny, Apple for years has said, we are not going to get rid of Mac OS, that iOS is not going to replace it, or iPad OS is not going to replace it. They're going to be separate operating systems. But every new version of macOS brings them closer and closer to alignment. Uh, and one of the coolest things that came out of this one, um, aside from the dumb name, because Monterey is a dumb name, uh, is they brought in something called universal control. And it's really cool. If you have a MacBook or an iMac or whatever, and you bring an iPad and you set it next to it, all of a sudden you can take your mouse and just move right over to the screen of the iPad or use your keyboard and start typing on the iPad that it allows your mouse and keyboard to control both devices when they're in proximity. So it's like a, a built-in KVM almost, and it's all being done through the same rapid connect that you see with like, uh, 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 shoot, what's it called when you do the air airdrop? So, oh, yeah. so it's less of like an external monitor and more of a, a second machine than the, because you're, you're accessing the iPad apps on the iPad. Correct. And, yep. Okay. And you know, when you're on an iPad, the, the, the amount of apps that you have access to, so you know, if you want your email and to browse the web, and it's all right there on the iPad. So you don't necessarily need to stretch your screen like that. If you could just quickly move your mouse between them, yeah. it works. And it only costs like $10,000. Well, there's so. that. <laughs> Does that just work with like the iPad Pros? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, when, you know, that idea where you were talking about how they keep saying it's not moving, you know, iOS is going to be its thing and macOS is going to be a thing. There's actually a term that they use for that phenomenon. It's called lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. John, hearing all these great announcements, it, does this make you want to move over and become an Apple guy? No. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, what do you use, like a Google tablet? No. <laughs> I don't even know what to call. I have a couple laptops and a desktop PC, and I I feel like I get fine just by I get by just fine. Oh, because your laptops might have touchscreen because that's not available in Apple. That's yeah. true. Apple does not believe in touchscreens. No, they do not. Uh, on a laptop. yeah, I was going to yeah. say except for all the things <laughs> that are touchscreens. Unless you count the light bar, the light, which is technically a touchscreen, touch right? I guess. Yeah. That's so weird it's, to me. <laughs> it is. I don't know why there's all these fingerprints on my screen then, because <laughs> mine is covered. I just looked at it now. But uh, yeah, and there are a lot of other announcements came out at WWDC, a lot of iPhone things. So definitely uh, go ahead and check those out if you haven't already. Um, some, some fun things. Well, uh, I guess one thing worth mentioning is that macOS Monterey has a slightly smaller support window than previous macOSs. So many people have already experienced this with um, uh, Big Sur, where... Uh, plenty of hardware from like 2013 to 2014 is now stuck at macOS Catalina is the newest, but uh, Monterey kind of continues that on. So if your Mac is older than about 2015, the odds are you will not be able to run Monterey. Oh, and I should clarify, is this ready to be downloaded now or is this the announcement that it's coming? The, the betas are out now for okay. people who are in the developer network, so you can download and install the beta if you want. The final version will come out later in the year. If I give them an extra bar of gold, well, can they make my older machine run the new version? No. Oh, bummer. Yeah, because you don't know you, you don't know well enough. Uh, they've, they've made that decision. But if you put your older <laughs> Mac next to an iPad, it will tell you this is crap. Blend them together? Yeah. 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 Can I use this? the battery from my old yeah, one still <laughs> crosses over all right our next article is from reuters.com exclusive Ooh. Ooh. u.s to give ransomware hacks similar priority as terrorism and you know you could you could make jokes there but i i think in a lot of ways that it could be terrorism if they're the essential services and things we've seen uh be crippled recently we are entering a brave new world 
right, where our government has effectively ignored ransomware for about a decade now. And uh, the, the little things they've done as far as regulations and putting uh, law enforcement in place has really just not been effective at all. It has not slowed the flow of ransomware. Uh, well, finally, after the pipeline got hit, after the meatpacking plants got hit, after Congress got hit, you know, as these you know, it really become super visible to the people in Washington, D.C., Especially with the pipeline, because gas prices went up. And I think it was the bacon. The, well, <laughs> so the, once the voters get unhappy, yeah. that's yeah. when the government takes action. And so that's what we're seeing now. Uh, unfortunately, this isn't as strong as I'd like to see. So they're, they're telling that you that it's they are giving ransomware hacks similar priority as terrorism. That doesn't mean they're reacting the same way. They're not going to move the military out to respond to a <laughs> ransomware attack. But it means that as far as the government agencies sharing information, the FBI, CIA, that the Department of Homeland Security is now going to be involved in these ransomware attacks and sharing information between the two so that the agencies can better respond. So when an attack hits one organization, they can begin sharing organization or sharing information with other companies and so on to help us be a little more prepared. It's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. It's absolutely not enough, <laughs> but at least they're finally doing something. Well, you know. Give them some credit there, Don. Man. Getting around to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give well, us some time. Well, John, you're, you're someone that spent some time, you know, after uh, after the Coast Guard Academy, you, you spent some time at not three-letter agencies, right, but some government uh, secret Yeah, some other, other supporting agencies. Um, and I, I work with this. This has actually been a super hot topic for kind of my day job. Um, and I, for one, am very happy that we were able to, discuss and showcase this kind of in the show here today because uh, I think this is super important. Uh, and as Don said, this is great news. It is great. It's fantastic that we are finally bringing this more to the, the front of the stage, right? Because it is super important. Um, I don't know if a few of you had been able to see the news that broke yesterday uh, following the Colonial Pipeline. And of course, even, okay, arcing back to JBS and the Steamship and Fuji Films and like what was the ransomware du jour last week? There were just so many. Uh, but Colonial Pipeline had uh, a fraction or a portion of the money that was paid to the hackers. They gave them $4.4 million. And now, just yesterday, FBI comes and says, hey, we've actually been able to seize some of that money back. Uh, they got $2.3 million which is going to equal, equal like 63 Bitcoin when it was 75 Bitcoin that was originally given to the hackers. But we're, that, the number offset is just because the value of cryptocurrency has changed and fluctuates. Yeah, it took a big dip today, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even following this news, hey, that's going to hit the market a little bit more. Uh, but if you were to ask for my hot take, and, and maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm ignorant on this one, uh, but I think that cryptocurrency is one of the single enablers or that's one enabling factor in cybercrime today because there's no other technology that gives the bad actors this perfect getaway car like there are no borders there's it, it's completely anonymous you can ask for whatever amount you want there's no oversight no governing authority no bank no anything uh maybe that is something that we need to maybe turn some of our focus to to kind of hinder all this harm. Is there any way for us to put Pandora back in that box at this point? Or are we oh. just, unfortunately, that is the world we live in and now we got to deal with it. I I guess I don't know the answer. Truth be told, I don't, I don't have an a thousand percent one size fits all answer. Done. I don't know. If done. It, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it looks like legislation. I don't know if it looks like other safeguards, uh, but I know before the advent of cryptocurrency, maybe ransomware wasn't running as rampant as it is today. So. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the show before. <laughs> like, I think cryptocurrency should be illegal. That yeah. There's a huge mm. amount of naivety to it that, yes, there's this idea that you don't want the government to control the currency. The government shouldn't just be able to print its own money and, and manage inflation. Like, we should let the market do it, and, and Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency would allow that to happen. So that's the guiding principle behind its creation. But the reality is the bulk, and I mean, you could probably guess 80% and be right, but it's probably a well over 90% of the usage of cryptocurrency is for illegal purposes. That countries like North Korea and Iran that are under financial sanctions— 
it, th there's no mystery as to why so much Bitcoin mining happens in those countries. That is a, a way for them to generate that. Or, or the, they, they hack into companies to steal Bitcoin or Bitcoin exchanges get hacked. And it's all really just facilitating crime in numerous ways. Drug sales, ransomware. It's a great way to launder so money. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is true of other technologies, too, like the end-to-end -end encrypted signal app mm. where, hey— we have freedom of speech in the United States, so we don't want the government to have decryption keys to be able to access that information. We don't want backdoors, right? Yep. Which is true. But at the same time, here's this technology that is perfect for drug dealers and, and hitmen and, and so on. So we have to we have to make a choice of do we do we want to have like ultimate dedication to these freedoms or do we want to you try and, and attack these who, criminals? I don't think there's a middle said, ground. Um, he who chooses Safety or security over privacy deserves neither. Wow, oh, that Jefferson, was right? It Jefferson, I think yeah. it was a Jefferson thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what were they using before? This like Western Union or iTunes gift cards? No, it's just whatever technology was available. So, but I mean, for actually sending the money. They, well, we're sending the money probably um, some form of like offshore accounts. Yeah, right. Pl places that like Cayman Islands and but they'd have to then close those accounts report. and yeah what your holdings are in their banks to any entity. Oh, Bastards. it was a Benjamin Franklin quote, well, it and it's apparently been slaughtered over the years. I'm uh, sure it has. But the original <laughs> quote was, those who give up liberty for security deserve neither. That's it. Now, that that uh, would be an argument for maintaining liberty, for keeping cryptocurrency right. and keeping end-to-end -end encryption. So, right, I guess it would. Yeah, definitely two sides of the argument. It's not an easy uh, answer. That's yeah. what's up. No, not at all. Deep. Well, I'm surprised we weren't able to solve it on this episode. Uh, we do have really deep. thought we were gone. <laughs> yeah, no. we have one more article to get to. This one is from PaloAltoNetworks.com. Siloscape, first known malware targeting Windows containers to compromise cloud environments. And that sounds scary because once you kind of get it at that level, it, uh, yeah, it can manifest <laughs> yeah. from there. So when I read this article, uh, the first thing I was thinking about was, you know, anytime there's somebody escaping a container, I want to learn about that. I want to learn about the technique that was used, how you can prevent that, how you can monitor for it. But at the end of the day, that wasn't my big takeaway from it, right? So yes, there there is an escape and, and Microsoft has patched it. And so we, you know, it's just something we need to be aware of. But uh, basically a security researcher found a way to escape a Windows container running in Microsoft Azure. So that's a big deal. Well, I shouldn't say it's that big of a deal. Most people don't use Windows containers. They use Linux containers. But in this case, it was a Windows container, and they were able to escape. And when they reported it to Microsoft, uh, oh, actually, I had to back up just a little bit because it was a Windows container running in Google Cloud. So it was in, uh, well, wait, it was Kubernetes. Kubernetes. But it was yeah. in Azure, so it actually wasn't in Google Cloud. Right. So I so get it, my it, facts straight. It doesn't affect the, um, the using VM, um, what's the stupid Windows version of Hyper-V? Hyper-V, yep. thank you. I can't remember. So Kubernetes was involved, and that's important. I'll get to that here in just a minute. So uh, basically, the security researcher reported it to Microsoft, and the Microsoft engineers said this is not a security flaw because Windows containers are not a security boundary. Hmm. They said this uh, containers, for, or Windows containers at least, are simply ways of packaging applications so they run consistently not to provide security. So the security researcher then went to Google and John's said, hey. face is amazing. When, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the look on his Say, face. They said, hey, when, when we deploy this with Kubernetes, it's vulnerable, and I can escape it super easy. Let me show you how. And Google ended up having to work with Microsoft, and Microsoft eventually had to step back and say, okay, from now on... <laughs> We'll maintain the security boundary for a container. But that is the shocking thing that I took away from this article, because what the hell is the point of a <laughs> container if it's not a security boundary? You know, that, that's a big deal. So Microsoft issued a statement and they said, Don Pazette, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, am I am I just off in, in left field? Is, is a security boundary not an important feature of a container? No, I think <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Uh, and this is visibly blowing my mind uh but it's a problem i feel like we've ran into in the past uh maybe me and and my crew specifically again in the realm of capture the flag training and learning and education and exercises because uh traditionally we've had a lot of per user dynamic scalable uh environments that our players and can learn in and work in uh traditionally that's in linux and we use linux containers uh again as i mentioned with kubernetes to spin that up for them we have dabbled with the idea of having windows containers because there's so much to learn in that realm in that environment uh but we ran into just the same issue where we're like 
I don't know if this is going to end up being safe or secure because in this Windows container, I can't stop the user from reading whatever sensitive secrets are keeping Kubernetes afloat. Uh, it, it, it boggles my mind to hear you say that when Microsoft came back and said like, no, 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 <laughs> it's not a security boundary. We are using a container just so it's a box without a lid on it. You know, <laughs> so I, I screwed up the setup so bad on that one. I want to I want to read the quote just so everybody knows You know, it, to, from the article. It says Microsoft originally didn't consider this issue of vulnerability based on the reasoning that Windows Server containers are not a security boundary. And therefore, each application that is being run inside a container should be treated as if it's executed directly on the host. And that's Ben so, Franklin that said that? Yeah, it's yeah, Ben Franklin. Yeah, it was, yes. Ben Franklin. Huh. Um, really, a lot of foresight from that guy. Yeah. Uh, He's but, a forward thinker, wasn't he? <laughs> but basically, uh, Microsoft has acknowledged this. It is uh, it's CVE 2021-24096 if you want to read some more about it. Uh, this flag is a Windows kernel elevation of privilege vulnerability, which is pretty much as bad as you can get. It does. The article does say Palo Alto yep. Network's customers are protected from this threat with Prisma Cloud's runtime protection features. Well, there we go. There you go. Just get Prisma Cloud. Turns apparently. out the solution was already out yeah, there. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. The person that finds it also offers a solution to stop it. Well, that makes sense. See, I don't, I don't begrudge them that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to title this uh, this podcast, Read the uh, Article That Made John Hammond's Head Explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really long article and very technical, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was hard for me to focus on the rest of the article after seeing that because... So I went and read the article that came before it, which was like, oh, okay, because this person like kind of like talks about all the steps that they took to discover yeah, they did a lot exploit yeah, yeah this yeah. is a really great set of articles so follow the rabbit hole if you're technically inclined and learn a lot about how these windows containers work especially specifically in a kubernetes cluster and how they were able to get execution of code on other vms in the same it's like yeah. crazy stuff awesome stuff very cool well uh maybe we'll see more of this one as uh as this is patched or or whatever but we'll kind of keep an eye that? on this <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you are a fan of John's, and well, if you've made it this far in this episode, you you probably uh, like John. But uh, or at you least will, did in the past. Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, if, if, this was the end. If we you want even more John and Daniel, uh, we've got a webinar coming up called Dissecting Malware, How Reverse Engineering Can Help Protect You. That is Thursday, June 17th, 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, you can reserve your seat over at itpro.tv slash webinars and, uh, and check that one out. And while you're on the internet, head over to techna.do uh, or technator.com and see our brand new, uh, still relatively brand new website where you can uh, see all the latest episodes, uh, submit some viewer, listener mail, uh, and you can also check out the uh, big orange button sponsored by IT Pro TV up in the corner. Click on that and get a 30% off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal plan for IT Pro TV. You can also request a team trial and learn all about the great features like the Pro Portal that are available to teams from IT Pro TV. That's all at techna.do, Dominican Republic. Way to sell it, Peter. Way to sell it. Yeah. And John, thank you so much for joining us. That was very fun. Well, hey, this was a real pleasure. This was a treat. Thank you guys for, for letting me come hang out. Uh, I'm honored and flattered, and I hope we can do more in the future. And I'm very disappointed that you did not uh, beat the pants off these guys in, in malware or wrapper. <laughs> okay, you get a bus check I'm glad I didn't <laughs> completely fail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seventy-five percent. It's not a route, right? Seventy-five percent is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's impressive. That's better than I did Honestly, when I played. It was really hard. Like to, if you didn't know it was malware, you can kind of guess some of them. But well, you know, I'm trying hard. to trick you yeah. too. So, yeah. like, right. oh, it says JPEG Mafia. That's yeah. got to be. You know, it's got me. That got me. Like, Wait a yeah. second. Yeah, those are the tricky ones for sure. <laughs> but also, I think what we learned today is there's a lot of terrible rappers that yeah. Uh, yeah. that no one's ever yeah. heard of for a reason. So I gotta get a rap name. Yeah, yeah. Haystack is taken. Dang it! But take any of those malwares. Make your own rap name from that's it. That's right. Did we and talk about using the Wu-Tang name generator one episode? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we used that before. I can't remember what we came up with, but they weren't great. Prince that's why we haven't stuck yeah, with I think I was like media professional stuff. or something, yeah. which yeah. was somewhat appropriate. Horrible. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you, John, for joining us. And we will see you guys next week right here on TechNado with Don Pizzette. 